We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the November 2nd episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Joe Bartle and I are here and going to catch you up on the last minute news, notes, injuries, etc. to get you ready for the rest of Week 9. But first, first game of Week 9, Raiders 49ers. Oh, man. Um, Nick Mullins. Wow. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it's exactly as we predicted in the podcast yesterday, that the 49ers were going to run right over the Raiders, and Doug Martin and uh, Richard were going to be very bit pieces in that Raiders offense, and we knew that Nick Mullins was going to be a fantastic asset, thanks in large part to Mario Puig's tweet earlier in the day, correcting us on how great Nick Mullins could be, and it's, it's exactly as how we thought it would be, right, John? Right, exactly how we thought it would be. We, we, we nailed it. Um, so I think that game, it kind of, it, it put Kyle Shanahan on display as a, basically Mullins was just throwing a wide open people, which was kind of nice that Kyle Shanahan's, you know, he's the man as a play caller. I mean, it's, it's this is not news to anybody. Uh, so, so, but Mullins looked solid. I mean, it, it doesn't make you think that Nick Mullins is going to be some awesome quarterback, but it makes you think he might be better than CJ Beathard, right? Yeah, I think I think so. And and I had referenced it earlier, but Mario had tweeted yesterday that by default Nick Mullins had to be kind of be better than Beathard, and and that kind of feels like it's the case, right? I mean, you don't have that kind of performance your first game out as a rookie. Well, not really rookie, that was his second year, and and not have an opportunity moving forward to be that quarterback. I, I maybe it ends up being like a Jacoby Brissett situation last year where the Colts contemplated on multiple occasions. It felt like trading Brissett away knowing that they have their franchise quarterback in Andrew Luck, but still getting some value. I, I can't see a lot of people investing draft picks into Mullins. No. Uh, but but maybe if he puts together a good final five or six games, it's a situation where they could end up offloading him and it becomes a, a bit of a win for the 49ers after such a rough season with all these injuries. Giants, $50 million right there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I mean – Really, though, with Eli Manning around, uh, they kind of have to find some sort of young quarterback that's not getting drunk and doing bad things with yes. police officers. So maybe that's a situation where you could see them trade a, a third or fourth round pick for a guy that probably is a flash in the pan. But, hey, we know that Eli Manning is nothing in the pan. So I that's know. by default better, right? I guess so. And right, and right. He wouldn't be, it would be a draft pick, not a, not a contract because he wouldn't be a free agent. Um, one thing we did get right, if I remember correctly, that we talked about streaming the Raider defense and came to the conclusion that, you know, well, it's an interesting matchup 
and Mullins makes it attractive, but they're still bad. We brought that up with people, and I had a few people at me on Twitter. So now, should I take the Raider defense and stream them over this team? I was like, yeah, I don't know if that's such a great idea. I did over, I mean, I wound up ranking the Raiders 10th for the week, which that was a bomb, but it wasn't like, you know, oh no, Nick Mullins is playing, let's put them second for the week over everybody right. because it's a third string quarterback. Right. Well, and I think actually you were you were more aggressively away from the Raiders defense than I was. I I actually had the Raiders defense in three different leagues last week or last night. And no, actually no, it's a good thing. This is a good story, I promise. Uh, I happened to not set my lineup in time to get any of them in there. So I, I, it's one of those stupid good luck situations. I had planned very much to use the Raiders defense and I couldn't. And now I look like I was just the most genius guy out there since John Gruden, right? Like that was a fantastic defensive decision when setting my lineup. Wow. So bad fantasy ownership helped you last night. That's good. Um, Other things in that game. Uh, Raheem Mostert had a really nice touchdown run, looked great, and then broke his arm and he's out for the season. So sorry for him because that was a nice oh, little story. That injury was gross. I, I watched it, well, live-ish, and they, they played the replay the first time. And I was with my wife, and we both are kind of uh, people that it's like, oh, we have to look at a bad injury because there's some sick reason in our brains as humans that we have to see that kind of stuff. So I, I went back and watched the replay on Twitter it looked like his arm exploded. I've never seen that before. Like we've seen the leg injuries and stuff, yeah. but I've never seen an arm injury look like that. And that was one of the more squeamish things I've seen all season so far. It was pretty disgusting. And then we hope Raheem Mostert's going to be okay. Last question I have, as much as the Raiders, it, I'm always hesitant to say a team's going to quit, but it looks like the Raiders are quitting. Um, you know, some of them, you know, players are going to play hard auditioning for next year for whoever they're going to play for. But but are we at the point now where we're like, okay, somehow you look at the Raiders and you just target them, whether it's offensive players against them, where whether it's defenses against their offense, something? Are you are you kind of like looking at the Raiders, going, they're they're a mark now, they're a bigger mark than I thought. Yes and no. I think there are so many good reference. I think the Cardinals in particular is a team I tend to target a lot. Uh, the 49ers, just by default with all the injuries, it's been another team that I thought, yeah, let's. Let's take advantage of that. And the Bills, too. Those are three teams already out there uh, besides the Raiders that you're like, oh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and target them. I don't know. It, they have the Chargers. They have the Ravens, Chiefs, Steelers all in the next coming weeks. I imagine a lot of those guys offensively you'll want to use, but you're going to use them anyway because they're on right. good teams. So I, I don't know if it's so much I want to target going against the Raiders more that I want to cut players on the Raiders, guys like Jordy Nelson, um, Martavis Bryant, who have had a slot in a few places, Seth Roberts. I, I just don't want anything to do with that receiving core at all, save for Jared Cook. And, you know, unless you have to start Doug Martin, which you probably do, frankly, at this point, there's not a lot I want on that offense besides Jared Cook. Right. I mean, last night you think, hey, at least we might get garbage time. We didn't even really get that. No, because Gruden gave up at the end of the, like in the middle of the third quarter. He was running Doug Martin two yards into the line of scrimmage and then punting. Right. And they were down 31 to three. That It was embarrassing. And I, I don't – his comments after the fact saying, oh, yeah, people want to come to Oakland and play for the Raiders, that's a joke. Yep. You can't you can't say that and then put together that second half and and get away with it. I don't know. I, I We knew John Gruden as a coach could be bad, uh, and it's it's as bad as we thought it would be, I think. Right, and I know they're tanking, but then they made some moves in the offseason that suggested they weren't, so they sort of are you know tanking after the fact, kind of like the Giants are, and it's just a big mess. Um, yeah, I'm not optimistic. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm not optimistic. All right, this week, week nine, buys Jag, Jag Eagles, Jag, sorry, let's start again. Jags, Eagles, Giants, Cardinals, Colts, Bengals. Injuries. Okay, we are talking right now at approximately 3.15 Eastern on Friday. So this is what we know so far. Redskins, Chris Thompson is out. Trent Williams is out. Their left tackle. That's a big deal. Um for the Packers. My first group is out or likely out. Sounds like Geronimo Allison's out, right? He heard something else in practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, yep. That's every indication seems to be that he'll be out for this pivotal goat versus goat matchup against the Patriots on Sunday night. So Valdez Scantling becomes a, a, a factor possibly again. Um, the Jets, Tremaine Johnson, their corner is doubtful. If you're into Devontae Parker, that could speak to that. Ryan Tannehill out for the Dolphins again. Torrey Smith out for the Panthers. A lot of people are hyping up DJ Moore. Maybe we can talk about him a little later. Um, Anthony Barr for the Vikings out again. 
Matt Bryant kicker out for the Falcons. So if you want a Falcons kicker, it's going to be Tavecchio again, not Matt Bryant. Um, coming back or in this week, Sony Michelle tracking toward a return. Dalvin Cook, let's stop and talk about him. We talked yesterday about how we thought he would be out. It sounds like the Vikings are going to play him on a limited basis. I would say if you have Dalvin Cook, you're going to keep him on your bench. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I'm not stepping anywhere near that. This seems like a bad decision uh, when it comes to the Vikings who still have playoff, playoff aspirations. And I, I would not go anywhere near this. Delvin Cook is definitely still on my bench, despite him potentially being active. All right, so if you were planning to go with Latavius Murray, are you still good with that? Yeah, I actually think I might still be good with that. And I don't know, even in like a daily fantasy setting, I think Latavius Murray probably ends up being a good play. I expect the Vikings are going to get ahead. Uh, and they'll be able to move the ball effectively. But Murray's kind of developed into a bit of a pass catcher, so if they are trailing, I don't anticipate they're using Delvin Cook in that role. Murray would be the guy that ends up getting the majority of the shares regardless of what kind of game script you imagine will happen for the Vikings. All right. Um, Yeah, I I would think that in Daily Fantasy that the the Cook news would scare people off of Latavius Murray. Right. So um, that's something to think about. Okay. The other thing, the the Bucks um, injuries, they've been without Gerald McCoy and Vinnie Curry, two offensive linemen the last couple of weeks. Sounds like they are going to be back for the Buccaneers, uh, which will help because their defense is atrocious. Um, otherwise, here, let's see. To be determined. Okay. So Gronk was back at practice today. He, he was limited Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday, and he was back today. He's going to be listed as questionable. We can never trust the Pats, and it's a Sunday night game. But sounds like Gronk's going to be all right, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I just don't know if they really need him. And if that's the case, how much they're going to really use him in that. I, 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 that they this don't is exactly need why investing a second-round pick into a guy that has injury concerns and really is vital to the team's success overall isn't always a good idea. And I, I especially the tight end spot that, you know, this was these concerns you could see in April, not not just around preseason times. These were things that we knew were, could be a problem for a while now. He was ret- contemplating retirement after the Super Bowl. I, I don't, I don't know. This, it's why I stay away from tight ends generally in the second and third round. In particular, Gronkowski. I've never been high in him, uh, even when he was kind of that late end of the first round a couple of years back. I understand what he gives you as far as touchdown potential, but this is going to be, I think, a career long issue for him if however long his career ends up being. Okay. Um. I, otherwise, I'm surprised you said that about how you don't think they, they might think they don't need him. I know you're very. I know you're very. Packers defense is frust- really bad. I know you're frustrated with the Packers now, but it's not like they're playing the Bills. The the offense will have to move the ball, but they aren't going to have to use Gronkowski, Gronkowski to move the ball against the Packers. They can use Julian Edelman. Josh Gordon's going to go off. I guarantee you that the Packers defense has no idea, and this has been going on for 15 years. How to stop a receiver that's six foot three and can run a four forty? It's just for whatever the reason, really tall wide receivers and really small running backs have proven to be the Packers bugaboo since back to you know Dom Caper certainly when he first started even like it's just it'll be Josh Gordon, it'll be Julian Edelman, uh, James White is going to have a field day too. They're going to have to move the ball to keep up with Aaron Rodgers, but I don't think Gronkowski has to be the main guy used in that situation. Okay, other another guy, next guy up, Stefan Diggs. Here's an interesting one. Um, Stefan Diggs hurt his rib last week. He missed practice Wednesday, Thursday. He was limited today. According to our notes on Rotowire, Diggs may be headed for a game-time decision Sunday. So that could be more Latavius Murray. It could more be a little Aldrich Robinson. I think the bigger issue for me, what would you want to do with Kirk Cousins? He's still an effective quarterback. He should have a good match against the Lions, you'd think. But if one of the two guys is out, does that mean Adam Thielen becomes a bit easier to contain? Maybe. I, I don't know. I think Darius Slay is a pretty good cornerback for the line, so he should be able to handle his own, especially if there's additional coverage slid over to Adam Thielen. I think Kirk Cousins could be a bit of a sneaky stay-away-from play as opposed to what he has been the last couple weeks, which is a, a really relevant and uh, competent fantasy quarterback. All right. Um, Kiki QT looks like a game-time decision. Kenny Stills. 
He practiced today. Sounds like he's arguing with Adam Gase trying to get trying to play. It sounds like Gase was Gase was negative early in the week, and it sounds like Stills is campaigning to play. So let's see how it goes. Uh, for the Jets, Robbie Anderson and Quincy Nunma listed as game time decisions. I wouldn't count on that one. Derek Anderson still wants to play for the Bills. He's still in the concussion protocol, so we probably are going to get Peterman. But if Anderson clears the concussion protocol, we might get him. Don't think it'll matter either way. Finally, Royce Freeman. Uh, Hasn't been positive this week. Vance Joseph said today that uh, the Broncos by next week would, quote, absolutely factor into Freeman's availability, meaning likely meaning that they would want to give him a multi-week rest, which could mean more Philip Lindsay here if you're looking to start somebody. And a little Devontae Booker. I told you yesterday that I grabbed Devontae Booker in a league right. where I was desperate for PPR. Sounds like that's not, it's not the worst idea for a guy who might get 10 touches. Your sigh is what every owner that has – a player named Freeman on their fantasy team this year makes on a <laughs> weekly basis that, yeah. uh, yeah, that's exactly what everyone out there who owns a Freeman feels every single week in fantasy. So John sympathizes with you apparently. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's go to streaming defenses. We're going to use Yahoo ownership percentages. We've got, so the Raiders and Niners were popular, were popular streaming candidates. If you had the Niners, you did Okay. They didn't get any defensive touchdowns, right? No, no. no. All right. Um, Raiders, you did not do okay. So if you're looking for one this weekend, there's not a lot here. Like if you're looking, you know, last night were two of the, let's say four or five that you would have went after. Because now you got, I mean, maybe the Dolphins against Sam Darnold at home. They're 38% owned, right? You always want to target a rookie cornerback who's turnover prone. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where you're at, and and you have it on the rundown. But uh, I forget who wrote the article about the the top. I think it was Jerry um, with the top ten defenses this week, and he's been he's been adamant that the, the Cowboys against the Titans is the way to go. Yeah, I think that for a lot of different reasons outside of football, the Cowboys need to have a great night against the Titans, and that's kind of the direction that I'm going if I have to stream a defense. But, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But the Cowboys are seventy four percent ownership. Ah, okay. Is the True. problem? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good idea too. But then we run, we run into, you know, we we. I mean, I, I would, I would love to have the Cowboys this week. I agree. Who? How are there seventy four percent of the people owning the Cowboys prior to this week? That that's that's a problem in itself. I think <laughs> <laughs> maybe people grabbed them this week. Ooh, they're actually free in a league that I'm in. Hold well, on. Well, that's what I'm saying. I've I do seven leagues, and they were available in six of them. And yeah. the one it wasn't, they were they were. Uh, a pretty expert driven league where I would imagine people are looking two or three weeks in advance. Like I, that surprises me. It's not that anybody in the Cowboys is really doing well. I, I think Sean Lee is going to be active uh, against the Titans this week, which makes a bit of a difference. But again, for a lot of other reasons, not football related, I think the Cowboys have to have a good night. And I think the defense is going to be part of that. What about the other side of that game? What about the Titans? There's viability in there too. If Jarrell Casey can get to the quarterback and, we know there's some offensive line concerns for the Cowboys. If there's a few sacks out there, really all you're looking for, I think, this week in particular with six teams on by, is six to eight points out of your defense. If you get anything more than that, kudos to you. And I I could see this being ugly. I think Amari Cooper is going to be forced the ball a ton, and that might not always be successful. And I think there's a potential for fumble or interception, a couple sacks both ways. I, I It's not going to be a pretty game, but I think – the Titans defense could be used in that situation if you really have to. All right. They're 10% on Yahoo. I got one more for you. If, I mean, at this point, if you're looking for that, you are, you're, you're, you're scrambling. You're digging a little deep this week. There's not an obvious streaming candidate. If there was, they were picked up on Tuesday or Wednesday. So you're in a little bit of trouble and like, Oh no, I'm basically, it's the person who, you know, showed up late for something and has to run in and figure it out. Like you're cramming for a test. What about the bills? I mean, I think the Bills will probably lose by double digits, okay? That's probably what's going to happen. But their defense is pretty good. Mitchell Trubisky is not beyond turning the ball over. Like there, There's a path to success here, right? Yes, absolutely. I, I agree. I've thought about that one as well. And frankly, I would have thought if you had told me without looking at who's 74% owned, like what team, I would have said, oh, as opposed to the Cowboys. That one makes a little bit more sense to me. I think Trubisky is uh, turnover prone, and they throw so many short passes. I have to imagine that defense would be able to understand that and kind of recognize it. That that one makes sense to me. And here's the other thing. I imagine Nathan Peterman's going to be scoring plenty of points for the 
Bears, not the Bills, but the Bears, uh, whether it be pick sixes, fumbles, whatever else. So that defense isn't going to lose a lot of points because they're not the ones giving them up. It'll be the offense. That's it's it's difficult to imagine, uh, but there's potential for that. I I think you could go that way. Or, and this is the other one I like quite a bit as far as turnover quarterbacks. Why not the Panthers? Yep. You know Ryan Fitzpatrick. Right, their defense hasn't been very good, but you know, and they haven't gotten to a quarterback a lot. But Fitzpatrick is—I mean, he is—he is a turnover waiting to happen. That guy. Yeah, that's that's the other direction too. And I don't know what the ownage rate for in Yahoo is for the Panthers' defense, but you're right. They're slim pickings as far as obvious streaming defense. It's the Bears' defense, and you know, you know, daily fantasy, and then it's everything else after that. Yep. Um, the Panthers are seventy-seven percent ownership, by the way. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, those were those were at least picked up. The Panthers' defense was picked up in most of the leagues I was in, but the Cowboys, yeah, I I had not seen them owned anywhere in most of my leagues, so that was a, a bit surprising to me to hear that they are so high owned rate on Yahoo. Okay, of the ones below forty percent, Dolphins, Titans, Bills. Who's your favorite? <sighs> Boy, this is a gun to the head situation, isn't it? I think I'm going to go with uh, the the Jets' defense against Brocktober. Uh, to me, that one seems as guaranteed of a turnover potential, and they've been able to get to the end zone a couple times. The Jets def- defensively uh, on turnovers, I could see something like that happening. So I'll go. I'll go the New York Jets there. So you good? So Jets thirty three percent on Jets instead of Dolphins. You want the Jets against Brock instead of the Dolphins against Sam Darnold? That's yes. Okay. Yes. Cool. All right. Uh, at fantasy draft, we put players first. There's super flexible lineups. For the NFL, there's no kicker, and you can draft four running backs if you want. In the NBA, the lineups are even more flexible. You want five guards and two centers? No problem. There's a $100,000 run and gun weekly feature GPP with a $25 buy-in. There's a $500,000 fantasy draft championship. That's 100K to first and weekly qualifiers that are happening now, and that comes with the week 16 final. There's rake-free head-to-head for contests under $200 or half the rake of the other places for the rest. That means if you and a friend both enter $100 head-to-head, the winner gets $200. Fantasy draft takes no fees. So go to fantasy draft now to get started. Sign up, make your initial deposit, and if you use promo code ROTOWIRE, you get a free $4 GPP ticket. Again, go to, fan- go to Fantasy Draft, use refer code ROTOWIRE when you make your initial deposit and sign up, and you will get a free $4 GPP ticket. Fantasy Draft, we put players first. All right. Um, every Friday, we do sort of emergency plug and plays. We just did it with the defense. Now, it's going to be like, you know, hey, what if Gronk's out? We hear Sunday morning, Gronk's out. Oh, no, I need somebody. Well, it could happen with other people. Let's see what we got on the wire here. Let's go quarterback first. Let, let's make our threshold. We're going to make it 40% on Yahoo. That's what Jake and I do on Tuesdays, and it seems like a good way to go. So, okay. Um, under there, Baker, no thank you. Um, Dak Prescott against the Titans. It's a low over-under. We don't ex- anticipate a lot of points, but he runs. That's always right. a factor. The floor, the floor is high for Dak Prescott um, with his rushing ability. And again, I think that they're going to have to showcase Amari Cooper. I anticipate that with that bye week put in, they have specific plays designated for him to be successful. Because I, I guarantee you Jerry Jones is probably watching that TV on Monday night, excited to hear what Jason Witten and, and Booger McFarlane have to say about this Amari Cooper deal and how everything worked out correctly and why it made a whole bunch of sense to give up a first-round pick for a guy that will have to resign for a massive deal up this off season. Yeah. I, I just, this is, this is tailor made for Jerry Jones to be force feeding Amari Cooper. And I think Dak Prescott is going to at least connect on one or two of them, which makes a high floor play for a guy that's under 40% owned on Yahoo. All right. Um, Dak last three games, rushing yards, 34, 82, 33, two touchdowns. So he's, he's running a little more. Um, next up here. Flacco at 36%. The Steelers' defense has improved. But Flacco's been kind of sort of okay as a fantasy quarterback this year. Like middle of the pack. You could do worse, right? Yeah. I, I think I just have a stigma towards Flacco where it, there's there's not a lot of upside that he's going to give you, and I, I just want to stay away from him. You talked about the Steelers' defense doing better. Really, the last game that they were bad was against the Ravens in week four, where they allowed him to throw for 363 uh, three yards and two touchdowns. And that kind of came towards the end of the game, too, as they were trying to come back. And Antonio Brown then scored a touchdown on them to end the game. And it was a bad clock management that I think probably allowed for about 60 extra yards for the Ravens to, to get to that point. But you're, you're right. 
I just I think there's a stigma that comes with Joe Flacco that I can't get over, despite being a, a fantasy expert. Like I sh- I should be able to move past that, but I can't. I I would probably rather go with Dak Prescott in the situation, despite the better matchup uh, seemingly in the Pittsburgh defense. Okay. Other possibilities. We already ruled out Brock Osweiler for you. Um, Case Keenum against the Texans. Hmm. I don't know. Not, I'm not, you know, he's a, he's not a good real life quarterback. No, no, he's not a good real life quarterback. I not even a great fantasy quarterback. I could see him doing okay. Think like two fifty. Two touchdowns and two picks. I really think Cortland Sutton is going to be a fantastic player, and maybe this is a showcase game for him too. We talked about Cooper. Yep. Uh, I think the Broncos kind of have to defend their decision to really let go of Demarius Thomas, and they've been doing that for most of the season. It, they just haven't been highlighting him. This might be a game where Sutton goes off, but that's it's. I, I don't. I don't know if I feel confident saying that. I wouldn't go with Case Keenum if I had to. Of course, uh, I, I think I'd still land on Dak Prescott as far as the under 40% owned quarterbacks that I'd have to use. Okay, that's fine. Uh, let's go to running back. Uh, it's not good here. This is a bad <laughs> running back week in general. Yes, it is. Uh, so under 40, uh, the ones I'm looking at here, Frank Gore at 27%. I mean, you, you probably got 10 to 12 touches coming. It's not great, but it's okay. Um, next up, Ito's a little over at 41%. Uh, um, my my Alexa's going off. I don't know what did I say. Ito apparently Ito Ito set off. Now I'm gonna now I'm gonna screw up everybody's. Ready, Alexa (laughs) off. I screwed up everybody's. Everybody's. (laughs) Oh, all right. Let's see what else. Uh, Devontae Booker. I mentioned he's 16 percent owned. I mean, if Freeman's out, there's that's not the worst idea. He's a good pass protector, so they like to put him on the field. So he'll probably catch three or four passes and run, you know, seven eight times. So it's you know it's passable i mean if you're looking for double basically we're looking at double digit touches that we're, we're aiming for right right all right um mike davis is in the mix here at 16 percent. elijah mcguire let's talk about elijah mcguire you talked about the jets a little earlier um with me elijah mcguire is nine percent they're going to activate him this week cannon was in the mix last week getting some touches crowell's you know in and out Do, is there any i mean does elijah mcguire have any interest for you uh, passing. I'm surprised to see that the Dolphins allow the second most points to the running back spot overall. Now, that's in large part because they allow the third most receiving yards to the running back spot, uh, and they get, I think, 63 targets a lot. Like that's that's top 10 in that position for, for running back. I'm surprised to see as much receiving yards as that defense gives up. I, I think that he makes a lot of sense for the under 40% owned. If we don't want to cheat with Ito Smith, Ito Smith is by far my my highest option of the guys that are kind of lower owned. I think he will get 10 to 12 touches, and I think for whatever the reason, he just keeps capitalizing on them. Yep. But if we can't go in that direction, uh, if we can't cheat by just 1%, I think the the unknown makes me consider Elijah uh, McGuire more than many of these other names because I know what I'm going to get from some of these other guys, and it's it's not promising. You don't like so, it, yeah. Yeah, that, okay. that's the reason I'm going that direction. Okay, otherwise here... There's nothing doing. Uh, there's one at Capri Bibbs, maybe, with Thompson out. I mean, but, but Capri Bibbs, I, I, want, I want to pull up his game log. The, the problem with Capri Bibbs, who I think got a touchdown last week, um, game log-wise, he is... Hold, please. Here it is. All right, so two weeks ago, he got a touchdown. He had four catches for 43 yards. But the week before, Thompson didn't play, and Bibbs got three touches. And then he got seven, and last week he got none. Well, Thompson was right. back last week. But, right. you know, that first game when Thompson was out, he got three touches. And you were thinking that Sunday morning, because Thompson was a bit of a late scratch, you were like, oh, hey, hey, this might work. And then you go, oh, right, three touches. That sucks. So I you, you can't trust that to, guy. You kind of have to go with the game script and how you believe this one's going to go. I think it's going to be competitive. And if the Redskins have a chance at winning, because I think the Falcons are the better team, but if the Redskins have a chance at winning – it has to be more ground control. It has to be more Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Uh, and maybe it's some short throws. I mean, I, I look at some of the stats. The Falcons have allowed uh, at least seven receptions to the running back spot in half their games this year. And it, if you count the Bengals where they allowed six catches, it's over half. So there's some, there there's a chance that you could take advantage of that. And you know Adrian Peterson is not catching any short passes. 
And really, maybe unless you use Paul Richardson in that capacity, there's nobody else that can do that type of role. But I don't know if the Redskins deem that uh, an area they can take advantage of that Falcons defense. That's I, I get con- confused on what that what that coaching staff at Washington chooses to do on a daily basis. So maybe Bibbs has a chance. Um, you know, you talk about guys owned under ten percent. Bibbs would probably be the best option, but we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel at this point. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When you're looking for a credit card, get one that wins awards. The U.S. Bank Visa Platinum Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best of Awards winner for Best 0% Intro APR and Balance Transfer Credit Card. It provides a great way to pay for large purchases over time, as well as consolidating other card balances. And speaking of award winners, the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card is NerdWallet's 2021 Best Credit Card for Dining Out or Ordering In. Earn four times points on takeout, food delivery, and dining. Get two times points at gas stations, grocery stores, and on streaming. If you're into cashback or travel rewards, U.S. Bank has credit cards that feature those benefits, too. Check out their full suite of credit cards at usbank.com slash credit card. The creditor and issuer of these cards is U.S. Bank National Association, pursuant to a license from VCUSA, Inc., and the cards are available to United States residents only. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. All right. Why receiver is better? It's more fun to look at. I mean, why running back hurts your eyes, makes them bleed when you look at it, because the list is so bad. <laughs> Yes. Wide receiver's better. The first guy I want to talk about is Devontae Parker. He's 37% owned on Yahoo. Now, Kenny Stills is trying to fight his way back into the lineup. That would, that would, if Kenny Stills is out against the Jets, who have been getting beat up by opposing wide receivers, partially because of injuries, and Tremaine Johnson's probably not going to play again, Devontae Parker becomes like a solid plug and play if no Kenny Stills. If Kenny Stills is active, do you, do you say, no thanks, Devontae Parker, or are you still in after the way he played last week? I still go that direction. I don't want a 30% you know, healthy Kenny Stills out there on the field. I don't know what that really provides you offensively for the Dolphins. And, of course, they've really stayed away from Parker for reasons outside of football. and A lot of political stuff with that involved. I think Devontae Parker is easily a wide receiver two or flex option for your lineup, regardless of Kenny Stills is in there or not. I think it's more based off a matchup, and I expect it's going to look gruesome. This Jets-Dolphins game, it's going to look bad. You're going to want to close your eyes throughout three quarters of it, but he's going to wind up with five catches and 80 yards or something like that. I also like Jakeem Grant, too. I I like the pass catchers for the Dolphins, and I I think they'll both have some success against a defense that you said earlier. They're very susceptible to the pass. All right. Next to... Willie Sneed and Cole, and Cole Beasley, 33 and 29% owned respectively. They're sort of your PPR floor guys that are probably going to catch five balls. Um, next up, we talked about Geronimo Allison, probably sort of looking like he's not going to play. Marcus Valdez-Scantling in a game with an over-under of 57 or 57 and a half yes. is now the Packers' receiver. We talked yesterday about how much you like him as a player. Yes. Yeah, you're in. All in. Yes. 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 I feel like I'm part of the new day right now. It's a WWE reference. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I want everything that I can with Scantling right now. He should be rostered beyond 40% already based off the last couple of weeks with Geronimo Allison out, which was a bit of a surprise to me. I thought for sure he was going to play uh, Sunday night. This is, this is easily a situation where I feel great about using him. What, what do the Patriots do best? They take away your best options, right? And, and I think, that offensively the best options for the Packers, you can't really take away Aaron Rodgers, but you can take away Jimmy Graham. You can take away Devontae Adams if you're the Patriots defense. Who does that leave open? A guy that's going vertical a lot, a guy that's running some underneath routes every once in a while, and has really developed a bit of a chemistry despite being his rookie season. I love Scantling quite a bit. Uh, this foreshadowing a little bit, but I, I think he's a fantastic low-owned uh, DFS acid as well to give me every bit of him if I can. Yeah, that depends on which slate you're playing. But yeah, I just wrote down DFS MVS. So there you go. He's 15% owned. Jakeem Grant, you talked about how you like him. He's 14% owned. Anthony Miller on the Bears. Now, this is this shouldn't be a game where the Bears score a lot of points. Uh, that's that game. The over under the Bears Bills is 37 and a half. Now I know most of it is projected to go toward the Bears, but you've got an implied point total there of you know 23 and a half or 24. Anthony Miller's got seven targets each of the last two weeks. Allen Robinson's status still questionable. Actually, I'm going to check in a second on yeah, his yeah, practice I, status. I have him actually on my lineup, and it seems like he's trending towards more of a game-time decision or out 
than anything else. And if that's the case, give me Anthony Miller. I thought Taylor Gabriel was going to be the guy that benefited most with Allen Robinson out. And I anticipate it actually ends up being Anthony Miller again. So you, you talked about the running back spot being ugly. The receivers for – there's a couple of low-quality options that you can make work as a wide receiver, two, three, or flex. Anthony Miller among them, Jakeem Grant among them. And I also like TJ Jones too. And we can transition to that. I, I think that with that trade with Golden Tate, uh, there has to be someone that steps up. And I know they like Powell, but I'm not sure I've seen it yet. I've seen what TJ Jones can do with more snaps. And I like him as a guy that, especially in deeper leagues, you should at least be rostering at this point. Okay. Um, by the way, so so of those receivers, all the receivers we've talked about, rank top three. Scantling number one, Parker number two, and if Allen Robinson is out, give me Anthony Miller number three. If Robinson is active for some reason, I'll take Jakeem Grant as my number three option, I think, but just barely over Jones. Okay. All right, we're going to go to tight end. Before that, by the way, um, update one newsflash I just saw. David Irving, the Cowboys tight, the Cowboys defensive tackle. I don't think we talked about this yesterday. He got hurt in practice on on Thursday. He's out for four weeks. Wow. Thank you, Okay. That's rough for the Cowboys. Yeah. Derrick Henry, baby. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Your $25 Derrick Henry. Let's go. <laughs> damn it. Damn it. Bringing that up again. All right. Uh, tight ends. Uh, this is a wasteland. Do you, do you, everybody, here's what my notes say for tight end of the, the list that I have. Charles Clay, 14%. Chris Herndon, 11%. And then I have written any random Raven. So That's, that's oh. basically it. We talked about yesterday. Any random Raven is kind of the way you have to go. If you're thinking <laughs> about picking up a tight end, here's what I suggest doing. Go to your local grocery store, gas station, whatever it else. Yep. Maybe grab a cold beverage. And if uh, you are more like me and have a sweet tooth, grab some ice cream, sit down, start eating the ice cream, finish the gallon or whatever it ends up being. A gallon is probably too much ice cream that you ate. And then just cry a little bit and be done. Like yeah. just instead of instead of having to do that whole process, which would end up happening anyway if you had to pick a tight end, just get it over with now and then find whatever random raven you want to get three points from and just move on with your life. All right. Chris Herndon, do any, Chris Herndon – the weird thing is he's caught touchdowns. Is it two or three in a row? I mean, a lot. But he's not running a ton of – like, they have a bunch of tight ends on that team. Right. And he's not running a ton of pass routes. He just happens to be the one when he's on the field, Darnold's throwing to him in the end zone. Just like the, the Thomas guy for the Texans, too, who when I first saw I was like, wait, Julius Thomas is back in the NFL? No, actually, it's just a guy that's getting random touchdowns because Will Fuller can't quite get into the end zone for the Texans, too. Like, I just – it's a wasteland past the top five, frankly – and there's so many shrug your shoulder type players that are already available that God help you if you have to pick up a different tight end at this point. Yeah, I mean, I have Chris Herndon 15th on my tight end list this week. <laughs> Woo-hoo, you I mean, know? And, and that's not saying much. No, no, it's not. The Rotowire projection system has Chris Herndon at 19th. So it has a, a streaming types. It has Ryan Griffin, Ed Dixon, Jeff Swaim ahead of him. Just so you know. So. Yeah. Good that's, luck. Good luck at tight end if you haven't picked that. one up, everybody. <laughs> All right. The DFS value report. It is that time. And we are going to do, uh, like we do every week, FanDuel DraftKings and Fantasy Draft. Let's go to FanDuel first. We're gonna do the, the we're gonna just discuss people by position. We have if you look at the at the DFS value report on Rotowire, it ranks players in terms of points, but then you can sort a bunch of different ways. And one of them is the value meter on you know how they'll return based on their salary. So FanDuel first, quarterbacks. And as we've talked about, FanDuel and Fantasy Draft, it tends to be the chalk, the chalk you know, the, the, the guys who are going to get the most points. But the way DraftKings pricing works, the values tend to come up a little differently and you get people that you know, maybe you hadn't thought of. Um, top two quarterbacks on FanDuel, value meter, in the same game. Cam Newton and Fitz Magic. You buying Fitz Magic? No, no. I, yeah. I, it's it's really based off he's he's seventy one hundred dollars on FanDuel. So that's that's great price savings, and he's going to throw touchdowns. I, I would rather just go with the safer option because there could be some weird fluky incident where he decides to run uh, with that glowing beard whistling in the wind, and then just gets clocked by Luke Keekley or something like that. And then oh, we have to go with Jameis Winston again. Or he just there's a lot of different scenarios that are bad with Ryan Fitzpatrick that. If I'm trying to win money, I don't want to rely on a $7,100 quarterback. I like Cam Newton quite a bit as the guy that I would I would own in this particular instance. Like, 
I think it's going to be a high high scoring game. Whoever ends up being quarterback for the Buccaneers by the end of the game, it's going to be high scoring, and I think Newton's going to have to move the ball either passing or running it. So I feel much more comfortable using a guy in that $8,000 to $9,000 range at QB instead of Fitzpatrick. Okay. Running back, value meter, boring, McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara, and then Todd Gurley. And I, this is just, this doesn't help me. This is, this is about who's projected to do well. It's not about the value. Like I said, the value meter with the FanDuel pricing is kind of tough. Because I'm looking right. at the top 10, the only guys in there that are interesting are Crowell, maybe Philip Lindsay. Yep. So, and well, I think it's actually a more intriguing question of the Kamara, Gordon, Gurley, and Connor and Hunt in that eight thousand range. Which one would you feel more comfortable fading? I, I think I understand what uh, Gurley's been able to do for that offense. He's got to slow down at some point. At eleven thousand two hundred, I think that he's the guy that I feel most comfortable fading of those guys that are above eight thousand. I don't know. I I don't like I don't like the way Kamara has been used the last few weeks. With since Ingram's been back, and I know his price is down as a result, but I mean, like I, I'm looking at, at James Connor's eight thousand. I got to tell you, McCaffrey. We talked about this yesterday. The last three McCaffrey's price is down because the last three weeks he hasn't run much. I know he got the two touchdowns last week, and one of them was a little lucky on a tip ball. But they've they've played the Redskins, the the Eagles, and the Ravens. And those are three good run defenses, and they basically just decided not to run against them. They, I, I think this is the week McCaffrey starts. I think McCaffrey carries somewhere 15 to 20 times. So the volume is going to go back up, and the price is down. So I, they, I mean, have to, they have to run with it because really the Buccaneers are actually one of the better teams among the worst teams, if that makes sense, at stopping the run. They actually do okay at stopping the passing, the, the short checkdown spot. So I think... Yeah, they're going to use McCaffrey. I also think Newton's going to run the ball, too. It's going to be high scoring. I want a lot of different players in this matchup overall. I think McCaffrey makes a lot of sense of those 8,000 above guys is the best, quote-unquote, value out of that spot. All right. Wide receiver on the FanDuel value meter. Top of the list, feeling Michael Thomas. I love Michael Thomas in this spot because the Rams' corners have been bad. Marcus Peters has just not been good. Um. DeAndre Hopkins, Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry. That's that's a little high for Jarvis. I mean, he's, he's down to sixty six hundred, and this is not a full PPR. FanDuel is not full PPR, right? So, right. Um, Landry. Th- th- this is a this is a a confident value on Landry, right? I, I think that's basing on him scoring at some point, and I just don't know if that happens again. I'm I'm kind of fading the Browns' offense as a whole this week. I just think that there's not a lot of incentive for them to show what their best stuff is, and they have a bye week next week where they can implement a lot of that. Give me Jarvis Landry moving forward, but I'm going to stay away from him in a DFS setting this week, I think. Okay. Um, the value meter at tight end, Travis Kelsey, Greg Olson, Jordan Reed, David Joku. I think this is a nice bounce back for David Joku. Last week was a little fluky. I, wouldn't, that, uh, he, I think he had, he had nothing. He was not on the stat sheet, but I, I wouldn't worry. If I owned David Joku, I, w- I would see that as an opportunity rather than a, oh no, something bad might be happening. Yeah, I know. I get that. I just would rather go with the safer option. I think that ends up being OJ Howard. The Panthers allow the most, the most points to the tight end spot overall. And we know that while Ryan Fitzpatrick doesn't target Howard as much, much as Winston did, he still throws to him plenty. I, I, I think that's that's easily the safest play. He's going to be chalky, but I don't think that's wrong. If you wanted to avoid Kelsey, uh, that's the direction you're going to go, and it's OJ Howard every single time. All right, let's go to the DraftKings value meter. We're going to go to quarterback first. We've got top of the list, the two top quarterbacks, another one in the same game, in the marquee fantasy game of the week, slightly ahead of Packers-Pats. It's Rams-Saints. Jared Goff, top of the value meter. Are you buying that? I don't know. I'm not 100% sold on this. I think this is the opportunity for the Rams to lose a game, and in order for that to happen, they can't be chucking the ball around. The Saints can't be chucking the ball around. And trying to match that offense. I think it's a lot of Mark Ingram. I think it's a lot of check down throws to Thomas, even Kamara. I don't know if Jared Goff ends up being the best value. I'm going to stay away, I think, from that in this situation. At the very least, he's not the best value, in my opinion. Okay. Um, the next two are Breeze and Matt Ryan. I think Breeze is in a great spot. See, I, I think Breeze is the, is the big winner in this game. Like, this is going to be, I know the Saints have, they're not the same Saints that Breeze throws 45 times a game like he used to. I think this game he's going to just 
tear the Rams up. I mean, I being think the Rams could, could still win. But being, being a home game, I think, makes a big difference and why I feel a lot more confident using Drew Brees. I would use Brees over Goff. I, I do Me feel too. comfortable saying that. Like, that's, that's a no-brainer in my opinion. I would go that direction. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I kind of like Kirk Cousins. And, and we had talked about if Diggs is out. I just think that that's going to be a competitive game and they're still going to have to throw it. I, I wonder if Adam Thielen's going to be that big of a deal, uh, being able to cover him a little bit easier. I like Kirk Cousins as more of a, a higher upside, which a lot of people aren't going to think of when it comes to these all these quarterbacks available on DraftKings. All right. The running back list, the running back value meter, Kamara McCaffrey, Ito Smith's here. Ito Smith's only 3,700. Um, and I know you said you liked him already, so that's an interesting one. Um, let's see. Receiver on DraftKings. Thomas, we talked about. Sammy Watkins. The, the projection system, actually, let me see the, the Rotowire projections this week. They've got Watkins. See, it's easy to see Watkins on the value meter on draft for DraftKings because his salary is forty nine hundred, right? So right. okay, fine. He's in a good offense in a game. They expect to score a lot of points. Fine. Um, I think we talked about this yesterday, though. On the Rotowire projections, Watkins is wide receiver twelve this week. That's that's a bold call, right? That's there. high. That's and I know it's it's mostly. You know, the computers are doing most of it. I know there's human tinkering involved, and I don't know if this was tinkered, Watkins' particular ranking was, or stats were tinkered with or not. They can't be tinkered with much, right? I think, I think lists can do 5 or 10%. Right. So, yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, so there, there's some subjectivity to it, but not a lot. Are you surprised that Watkins is that high here? Yeah, I, I would not put him at wide receiver 12. I, I don't feel great about that. And I, I get it. The 4,900, somebody's going to score – and probably going to plenty score for the Chiefs. I think Tyreek Hill is a guy that if I'm going to gamble on who's going to score a long touchdown, he's the direction I'd go as opposed to Watkins. I don't know. I, as a guy that owns a lot of Watkins shares in just traditional fantasy settings, I've been trying to trade him to everyone I can. I I don't really find him that consistent, and that's yep. frustrating to me. Consistent guys, he feels like more of a GPP play than uh, if you're just going for a cash game. So I would I understand the the 4900, uh, and he almost might be too chalky. Because of that format, but I don't know if I like him at wide receiver 12, and I don't think he's the second best value when I'm looking at these DraftKings rankings. Okay, and by the way, after this on DraftKings, we're going to talk about these guys. So it's Thomas Watkins, Thielen, Antonio, but then two cheap guys, DJ Moore at 4,300, Cortland Sutton at 3,900. Uh, I feel like DJ Moore's name has just, everywhere I look, I see DJ Moore's name from Fantasy Analyst this week, and I'm not sure I buy it. Yeah, I think I think it's because you keep looking at DJ Moore and think, oh, David Moore from the Seahawks. That's that's the reason. There's there's too many Moors that are wide receivers catching touchdown passes in the NFL right now, and we're all getting confused. I, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, not David. DJ Moore is going to be just fine for the the Panthers. I, I don't know how much they're going to really use him. I could see Greg Olson having a great game. I could see Devin Funches finding his way to the end zone, and we already are pretty high in Christian McCaffrey. So, how much bandwidth can that Panthers offense really provide? And that's where I'm like, uh, I don't know. I would rather have Cortland Sutton, in my opinion, over DJ Moore. I agree. I, I could see a scenario where it, toward the very end of the season, DJ Moore is is the Panthers' number one receiver. I can see it. He's that talented. I think he's that good. However, your point is completely tapped. Plus, last week, I know Torrey Smith's out, but they throw to Jarius Wright a little. They use Curtis Samuel a little. They, they really spread it around. And look, I know Moore's salary is cheap. I know the talent's there. I just... I wouldn't expect too much, even though he had that really nice game last week. That's just, yeah. you know, just, and it's not the player, it's the usage. That's all. Right. I just so. think there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to get fed on Sunday. And I'm not sure that DJ Moore is enough of a, enough of a player right now in his career where he has to be one of the focal points in that offense. Yep. Um, tight ends on DraftKings, the top two, Kyle Rudolph at 3,600, Ben Watson at 3,200, and then Greg Olson at 47 that you mentioned. Our right, fantasy draft, let's go there. Quarterback value meter on fantasy draft. Top of the value meter, Jared Goff again and Drew Brees again. So we talked about that. And Kirk Cousins, to your point, he's third. So we're good there. Um, Running backs, McCaffrey up top. James White, another good game for James White coming even with Sony Michelle back? Yes, no, it'll be completely fine. This This is under the small running backs category that catch passes. Packers struggle at this. They've struggled for a long time. That's why Tariq Cohen, I'll pay $1,400 for Tariq Cohen, or, or $14,000, I should say, on, on DraftKings or FanDuel or whatever, 
if Tariq Cohen is going against the Packers. They just struggle so bad at, at stopping those guys. I like James White quite a bit in this scenario. Okay. Wide receivers on fantasy draft, top of the value meter. Michael Thomas showing up again. Adam Thielen showing up again. And Tony Brown, then DJ Moore again. Our, I want to see where DJ Moore is on our projections. <laughs> he's got to be, be pretty high. He's 23rd at the wide receiver list. So the, yeah. the projection is a shade over four receptions, fifty, almost 52 yards, and almost a 50% chance of scoring a touchdown. So Yeah, yeah the, I'm the, taking the under on a touchdown in you know, 50, 50% there. I'm taking the under on that. Okay. Um, at tight end on fantasy draft, uh, log jam in the same spot at 1.4 value. Uh, Olsen, Graham, it doesn't love anybody at tight end. Let's put it that way. Um, all right, Joe, what else you got going on? Actually, there's one other thing I want to talk about. We talked about our auto new league yesterday. Yes. You offered me a trade. I did. I did. And it was only because we had just talked in the podcast. I'm like, oh, hey, you're actually competing this year. My team has got awful. Maybe you might be interested. So it's an interesting deal because my running backs are just horrendous. <laughs> I, had the, uh, I had the Darius Geist, Jarek McKinnon, ACL uh, exacta. In the preseason. Yep. Which killed me. Yep. But you offered me a trade for Geis. It's two, It's Freeman and who for Geis? Royce Freeman and who for Geis? Uh, it's, it's Royce Freeman at $6 and Kenyon Drake at 35 which uh, this says a lot about my team. And this is all the listeners need to know. Kenyon Drake is my third highest priced player behind uh, the Freeman in Atlanta and then Allen Robinson. Those are my three highest priced players in this league. So, yeah, Kenyon Drake and Royce Freeman, a total of $41. For your Darius guys out for the season, twenty dollars. Yeah, and you are competing. I am competing. I'm five and three, and th- I think that what this comes down to. I like Kenyon Drake, but he's expensive. This comes down to: Do I? Do, am I positive that Darius guys is better than Royce Freeman? But Royce Freeman is going to have Philip Lindsay to contend with for the next couple of years. I got to think about this, folks. I won't d- deliberate while I'm on with you. If you have any, <laughs> Here, um, I, I, w- I won't try to convince you too much on the trade, but I will say that. You're going to get an automatic five dollar bump onto Royce Freeman's price and Darius guys. Just keeping these players on the roster goes up five dollars, yep. and then everyone else gets to bid up to five dollars, I think, on your player, and you can only raise up to fifteen. So the highest Royce Freeman's price can go is twenty six. Darius guys, on the other hand, can go to thirty five, and we don't know if he'll be all the way back. We'd assume he is, but we don't know if he's going to be all the way back in terms of uh, the guy that we thought he would be as an early second round fantasy relevant player this season. I like our friends at Audenew, but that's too complicated. I, this is it. I like these leagues for that exact reason. I'm pro, I'm one in seven, John. There's there is nothing I can do. I have to project and plan and trade and and do something because this team just sucks. All right, yeah, I'm five and three. I got to think, po- folks. If you have any opinions about this trade as to whether I should do it or Joe should do it or both or neither, he is at JB Fantasy Sports. I'm at Jay Halpin thirty seven. Um, you've got your sister's twenty first birthday party this weekend, right? That's correct. Yep. We are uh, parting it up tonight, and I, I imagine we'll be having some water tomorrow. A little water, a lot of Gatorade, yes. some, some Egg McMuffins in the morning, stuff like that. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much so. All right. And that's after whatever you get at you know 2.30 a.m. <laughs> hey, uh, what, what happens on State Street stays on State Street. Gotcha. Let's just go that way. All right. I'll, I'll be in bed by 10.15, but have fun, okay? <laughs> oh, I will. You, you have no worries about that. I will have fun. <laughs> All right. Folks, listeners to the podcast, get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Take a look now, rotowire.com slash pod. If you like the podcast, leave reviews and ratings. We always appreciate those. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Joe and I will be back Monday morning to review all the weekend's action. And hopefully he'll be happy. Hopefully for him, he'll be happy about the Packers. So come on back then. For Joe Bartle, I'm John Halpin. Good luck in week nine. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.